0: Hey everybody, Ben here, and I just wanted to pop in and say, whoops, we are beta testing a new version of some software, and everything was working correctly, and the mics kind of sound off in this episode. They changed something right before we went live, it looks like, and so our mics are just a little bit weird. So you might hear some echo or some muddled sound. We know you come to love and respect quality sound from this show, and we feel very badly anytime we can't provide it. So just wanted to let you know this is not an all-the-time thing, and um, we're sorry. But you'll still enjoy the episode. It's a great episode, and I think uh, it's really going to be a lot of good information on this election day. Maybe while you're standing at the polls, you can even share it with your friends in line with you. So, again, we're sorry. Uh, Whoops on the, uh, the sound. It wasn't quite our fault, but we still take full responsibility, and we promise we'll be better on the next episode. Thanks.
1: Hey, guys, you are about to listen to a very long but awesome episode of Election College. So we thought we'd tell you this at the beginning. Today is Election Day, but it's not only Election Day for the president. It's also Election Day to fill out our annual listener survey. That's right. ElectionCollege.com survey will open you to a whole new way to influence us.
0: Yeah, and today is the last day that you can submit your vote for what we should do in the future and what we've done in the past. So head on over to electioncollege.com survey and fill out that survey. Uh, you can, of course, still fill it out afterwards, but it won't count as much. Your, vo- your vote won't count as much if you do it after Election Day. So uh, head on over, tell us what you think, and we'll be happy to continue serving you based on those results. Election College Episode 139 Voting in America and How It Works and Has Worked.
1: Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College and class is in session.
0: Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey Jason, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but we have always voted the exact same way at the exact same
1: time in this country. Yeah, it was pretty crazy because even though electricity didn't exist, uh-huh. they had all of the electric stuff going on. and. It was a special thing on Election Day, which was always on a Tuesday, right?
0: Right. Everybody knows that. In
1: November. Okay,
0: okay. We're, we're lying. That's not true. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about it in depth here, but it actually wasn't until 1845 that the government says, hey, um, maybe we need to concentrate this on one day so that we all get jammed up in the same place. Sounds like a great idea. And let's make that some obscure date, which we'll give you the reasoning for. Um, like the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November that's election day from now on
1: yeah sounds very poetic doesn't it <laughs> yeah. the first Tuesday after the second Monday on the yeah you know we got a lot of flack Ben back way way back when we started the podcast uh-huh. because the first election we said it was 1788 slash 89 and sometimes we would say 1788 sometimes we would say 1789 and there were people all up in our grill about you're wrong it was 1788 well guess what not necessarily because not every state voted on the same day and george washington when he won that election he won the election of 1788 slash 89 so there, yeah. we were right.
0: Yeah. It's been a year and a half coming, but we got it. We figured we figured you guys out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what does the Constitution actually say about election? Like, it's in there somewhere, right?
0: It is in there. It is in, you want me to be specific? It's in Article 2, Clause 4. Good. Uh, Bam! The, the actual clause says, Congress may determine the time of choosing the electors and the day on which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. So there you have it. Congress is actually the one that sets the election day when we pick our president, right?
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, Congress, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed Jen Briney about Congress, how they actually are the ones who are controlling everything. Mm Mm-hmm we are living right now not only is this whole election day today how what we're doing we're going to the polls because congress told us but the whole time change thing if you're upset about that well guess what whose fault is that think about that for a few minutes
0: yeah whoever thought i mean i know why i know all the arguments but such a dumb thing i'm just getting used to like the time change and everything a month afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like a couple months later it changes again so
1: talk about being disenfranchised from our government that yeah. my friend is government intrusion forget corruption lives.
0: i want my hour to stay the same yeah
1: <laughs> so it's election day then
0: yeah it is election day which by the way <laughs> if you have not voted yet today you should go vote if you are an eligible voter i should probably add that caveat on there uh Jason and I both have our own political opinions, and it doesn't matter if you agree with us. We still think you should vote. So, okay, that was my yeah. PSA for the for the day.
1: Good job. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the star. Some, yeah. some people it are not going to get it, but some people see the star flashing. Right, it just
0: soared across my eyes, I yes. think. Okay, so Congress sets this election day, and uh, electors are chosen. Um, Which, by the way, if you remember the Electoral College, we choose the electors, and they're chosen when we go to the polls to vote on that crazy Tuesday at the beginning of November. And this is supposed to happen the year before the president's term expires. So president's term expires in January. We vote the previous November.
1: Yeah. So like we were talking about in 1788, no federal law said, hey, this is when it happens and in 1792 the federal law said that each state needs to conduct a presidential election but little caveat there you're not actually choosing the election you're voting for your elector and that's what the constitution is all up in everybody's business about (laughs) is hey you need to choose your electors somewhere in this 34-day period, but before the first Wednesday of December. And you need to get that set and just come to Washington at some point with your electors, and we're going to hold a real election in January.
0: Yeah, just whenever. Just come up whenever. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, day, did, did you watch that video I sent you um, a little while back? of um jp sears i don't know if people are going to recognize his name he's the guy who pretends to be like uber spiritual well i think he is like uber spiritual but then he he mocks things that he's a part of anyway he did a really good one on electors and why why it's important you vote even though it's yes. not important you vote so it's it's all satire so okay. yes
1: watch i'll it. put it in the show notes check it out it's funny. yeah look it up jp sears in the show notes of course yeah yeah so you know there's all kinds of controversies about everything right and election day is no different because well it's on a tuesday and guess what it's not a national holiday although in some states it's considered and i didn't understand this ben it's considered a civic holiday Uh but it's the state that determines so i guess there's no word for state holiday except state holiday and civic sounds so much more official, right? That's true. I think so. So, schools will be out in some states because it's election day and kids should not at all be involved in the process, right? And so, but the teachers should. Well, yeah, but come on. I mean, do we really want teachers voting? Because... <laughs>
0: I think that's a large base of our listeners, I, our teachers. I,
1: I just I just want to make sure the teachers are listening. Yeah, But do they really need to be voting? And <laughs> Do right. kids really need to be going to school on election day? I think they need to be learning something. That's right. Come on, teachers. Yeah. Get, get your act together. Haven't you ever heard of an absentee ballot? <laughs> oh, man. Totally joking.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> we are right there, there are going to the to be people.
0: We, we have people who uh, uh, recently... We we mentioned something about homeschooling and we were both kind of jabbing at it, you know, uh, humorously. And we had someone write to us and say, were you making fun of homeschooling? I'm offended by that. And I wrote back and said, no, Jason and I are both very much in support of homeschooling or not homeschooling, whatever you prefer. We just like to have some fun. But I'm like, OK, people don't get humor sometimes, I guess. And
1: that's OK. We're fine. Yeah. With that. Hey, if you're working today, you're awesome. And if you have the day off, you're awesome. But as long as you vote. And if you didn't vote, then there's something wrong with you. But here's a good thought for people who really dislike the thought of having election day on Tuesday. There's a lot of thinking going on here in this sentence. It's now a run on. So if you're an English teacher, don't get on to me because I'm running on. But why not have election day be on Tuesday? Veterans Day, which is on Friday. And a lot of us do have work off that day to honor veterans, and what better way to honor veterans than to vote? Kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Jason,
0: that's why you and I became self-employed, so that we could vote whenever we needed to.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that. We don't get any
1: days off. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's not really the reason, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of support for this idea of having Election Day be celebrated the same day as Veterans Day. And if you think about it, we're celebrating people who have fought and died uh, for our country, and some of them for points in our history where we could have easily had a very much different country had they not fought and died for us. So it'd be a great way to honor them go vote because they helped you have the right to do so. Um, so that idea has a lot of steam. Uh, of course, if you remember, the the reason we vote on Tuesdays is because we were at one point a pretty much an agrarian society.
1: Yeah. And election day was a pretty big deal because, you know, you pack up your things, go to wherever it was that you were to go place your ballot or speak your vote and it was it was a much bigger deal back then and of course you didn't want to violate the sabbath so you wouldn't do it anywhere near a sunday so lots of different reasons for having election day being on tuesday and i guess this is the part of the show where we appeal to our geeky side ben yeah so should i say it in a real formal the reason? <laughs> we'll, we'll start it off like this. How about this? You're not actually voting for the president today. And then that's when everybody is like, you you jerk. <laughs> 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 you're not voting for the president today.
0: Yeah. Sorry to tell you, but you're not. Uh, yeah. This and is and the don't go up to soap anybody
1: soap. and say that
0: either. Yeah. I'm sorry, especially ben. at a polling place. They might think it's threatening. and That'd be bad yeah but anyway, so just a recap. we mentioned that briefly earlier, but if you have forgotten back probably in the primaries, you probably voted for people to choose which people would be the electors for your state, and on today, <laughs> you are voting for the electors who have pledged to represent your vote for a certain candidate, so, for instance, if you are voting for Donald Trump. When you push the button that says Donald Trump, really what it's telling the system or the the paper or whatever is that you want to vote for the elector that is going to vote for Donald Trump. Same with any other candidate, of course. Please don't crucify me just because I used this particular candidate's name. But uh, you're voting for an elector. And those electors, they do important stuff.
1: Yeah. It's crazy because the electors are actually people who are selected by the party. So depending on what state you're in, you know, the. Demo- I'm going to start off with the Democratic Party since you started off with the Republican. There you go. The, the Democrats are going to get together in that state and say, okay, you eight people or you 10 people or you three people or how many ever electors your state has at the current time. And by the way, that's the reason you do the whole census thing, or at least you need to participate in it, other than it being a crime not to participate. But that's how (laughs) it's determined how many congressional districts your state is going to have. Tack on two to that, because you've got two senators. That is the number of electors that your state will have. So what happens is the Democrats will get together. They say, hey, and if you're in Kentucky, we have eight these are the eight people that we choose to have represent our state should our party win and this happens in every state except for Maine and Nebraska where it's not a winner-take-all system which right. I think is kind of cool in a way it's very frustrating if that one vote or how many ever votes gets swayed the other direction but it's very much a state party deal which is going to frustrate you if you're an independent
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, i think a lot of things frustrate people who are independents which is probably the reason they're an independent yeah hey and by the way if you need or want to know more about the and by the way you should need and want to know more about the electoral college you should go back and check out episode two of this podcast. Um, we covered it in detail back then. We've talked about it briefly since then. But if you just need a little refresher or you have no idea what we're talking about because you just started listening, great. That's not a problem. Just go back and listen to episode two where we talk about the Electoral College. It's definitely good to be informed when they're talking about you know who has uh, the electoral votes on election day, which is
1: today. And now's the time where... You can be a snob and say, you're not actually voting for the president today, but let's go back in time just a little bit, shall we?
0: Oh,
1: I like that. So voting in early America, and I'm reading from uh, an article, I'm not reading from an article, but I'm alluding to an article that appears on the Colonial Williamsburg website, which talks about what it was like to vote in early America. It's a good article, and we probably should include that in the show notes, yep. about some of the rationale of what our forefathers said elections should be like. And it's yeah. kind of shocking in a way. Yeah. Uh,
0: hold on to your pants because it's about to get real cringeworthy in here. I don't know why they need to hold on to their pants, but something of value to you that you don't want to lose.
1: So, Ben, you remember his rotundity, right? John Adams? John Adams, yeah. Yeah. So, he signs the Declaration of Independence, and, of course, he's the second president. And in 1776, he said that no good could come from enfranchising more Americans, and I will quote his rotundity at this time. He says, "Dependent upon it, sir, it is dangerous to open... So fruitful a source of controversy and altercation as would be opened by attempting to alter the qualifications of voters. There would be no end to it. New claims will arise. Women will demand the vote. Lads from 12 to 21 will think their rights not enough attended to. And every man who has not a farthing will demand an equal voice with any other in all acts of state. It tends to confound and destroy all distinction And prostrate all ranks to one common level. How did you like that accent, by the way?
0: That was pretty good. I don't know if it was accurate, but I liked it.
1: (laughs) So his rotundity didn't want you 18 to 20-year-old to vote. And if you didn't own property, he doesn't want you to vote. If you're a woman, nope. And if you're a minority, probably not come on, his rotundity, you're like supposed to be this model
0: president of ours, and here you go, saying nobody should have a vote in our democracy. Um, but that's that's really indicative of the sentiment at that time by many, many people when the uh, Constitution was being written and the people who were deciding who's going to be able to vote, this is a common thought. So this is where a lot of those... You know, people who didn't get the right to vote until the 1920s
1: comes from. Yeah. Oh, get this uh, quote from Benjamin Franklin. Uh-huh. And I'm going to replace a word because we're clean lyrics, right? There are children here. Yeah. So Benjamin Franklin talking about, well, you need to own property, right? In mm-hmm. order to vote. Yeah. Of course. Of course you do. And he said, today a man owns a donkey, worth $50, and he's entitled to vote, but before the next election, the donkey dies. The man, in the meantime, has become more experienced. His knowledge of the principles of government and his acquaintance with mankind are more extensive, and he is therefore better qualified to make a proper selection of rulers, but the donkey is dead, and the man cannot vote. Now, gentlemen, pray inform me, in whom is the right of suffrage, in the man or the donkey, So, there is some disagreement going on. There are a few teachers
0: out there who do let their uh, students listen to the show. So, um, that's why we try to censor those kind of... Even though they're direct quotes. Just for the kids.
1: Yeah, there are some things that, you know, the Founding Fathers...
0: eh. Yeah. (laughs) I would never want to repeat in front of anyone. But yeah. (laughs) So, what is it? Do you have... If you can own property, should you have the right to vote? What if you lose that property? Are you then disqualified? There's a lot of issues that go along with these initial ideas of early voting. And well, it wasn't early to them, of voting in general.
1: Thankfully, the Constitution, and I know this will frustrate some, and it frustrates me sometimes, but it's vague enough to where, well, it's still relevant. The Constitution is still relevant. Thank you, Founding Fathers, for not writing in every single thing that you were thinking (laughs) because it, well, it still applies. We still are using it, and it can adjust a little bit to our culture. So now you don't have to be a property owner. And a little bit later in the early 1800s, It was common wisdom, and I say wisdom in quotes, that, well, hey, if you're paying taxes, you should be able to vote. So later on, if you're African-American, sure, you can vote. And we know that's that struggle there. But then we had to pass a whole amendment just to make sure that women had the right to vote. I thought that was kind of interesting. I saw a map the other day, Ben, of the states where women could vote before the 19th amendment. Right. And um, go West coast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were uh, a lot more progressive in that area for sure. Oh, and you have to remember as well that these guys at the, you know, the start of our country are used to having a King. They're used to a monarch. They're used to seeing this form of government that apart from the fact that they're not getting equal representation, they pretty much like, I mean, they like the monarchy. They like the idea of England pretty much until the King irritates them to the point that they kill a bunch of people and want to leave the country. Okay. So that's a pretty far extreme, but for them to let anyone vote is a miracle that that happens, let alone to let everyone vote. So, uh, We can shake our fists at the memory of these people and say, well, how could you have been so dumb not to let certain people vote? And I agree. We would definitely say, why would you be so dumb not to let certain people vote? But the fact that anyone was allowed to vote in an era where they were used to a king dictating everything, essentially, um, that was quite the leap for them and quite the the leap of faith to say, we trust our citizens enough to make the decision. We're not going to make it for them.
1: Definitely. Thanks for balancing that out, Ben. You're welcome. I try
0: even though I have a hard time with it sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want to talk a little bit about what it would have looked like 200 years ago to cast your ballot?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It looked crazy. It looked like you walked up to a guy and said, here's who I'm voting for, and then you were done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could do a lot with uh, a raised right arm and a Bible and... Hopefully an honest judge and a a few good counting clerks. And you would vote orally. You would say, I'm voting Ben Smith. And the judge would say, have you voted yet? And he'd say, well, no, sir, I haven't. There you go. And the clerk said, there you go. And the other person said, all righty then. Thanks for (laughs) voting today.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, if you had, uh, well, and this is still the case, so I, I understand that, but if you had multiple people who were taking votes who wanted to be uh, corrupt about it and say, no, nope, this is the person who won, even though they didn't really, it would have been very, very easy. There was no written record other than what they wrote down. And uh, another thing to remember is that literacy was not nearly as high in the 17, late 1700s and early 1800s as it is now. Uh, So these people would have had no way of even knowing had they written down the incorrect thing. Uh, Many people would have had no way of knowing had the incorrect thing been written down because they couldn't read themselves and they were trusting in these other people. So, wow, a lot of room for uh, voter fraud at that point when you're basically walking up, swearing in, saying something out loud, and then you leave with uh, nothing to show for
1: it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy when you think about it, because if you were a dishonest person a couple hundred years ago, doesn't it just seem like you could get away with a little bit more?
0: Well, I mean, they'd probably find like maybe emails or something that you sent or text
1: messages. Yeah, they'd probably do that. Yeah. Then they'd hang you before you were (laughs) totally (laughs) proven guilty. (laughs) That's true. That's very true.
0: Well, I think we kind of do that now in a sense. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So. Paper Ballots then came along a little while after that, and uh, we're not going to belabor all this too much. Maybe it'll be a great idea for a future episode in in more depth, but uh, next along came Paper Ballots. And essentially, uh, well, we were kind of late to the party because, you know, back in ancient Rome, they would use Paper Ballots, and it took us uh, (laughs) until uh, the 1790s to do so. So uh, we came along, but it took us a little while longer.
1: Yeah, why not? There's a lot of interesting history, then about how different societies would cast ballots and even some uh-huh. of the secret societies, how they do it and how you know you have a white ball and a black ball and you put whatever ball into the box and that's how you determined who was going to win, who had the most white balls and so on. And, right. Yeah, you know, there's the story, I'm sure we've all heard it, about... Um, to blackball someone, which means that if somebody deposited a black ball against you, that means you're blackballed. Right. And you didn't get elected. You're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of cool um, ancient stuff behind all of these words that we commonly use now. So in the early years of our nation, we had this voting by just swearing, (laughs) and I don't mean cursing, but saying, hey, this is who I am, this is who I'm voting for, great. But in Australia, they had this great idea of casting a secret ballot. That sounds like a good idea. And we eventually said, hey, good job, Australia.
0: We're stealing that from you. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, you didn't used to have the opportunity to have your vote hidden from other people. Even now, if you ask some people, hey, who'd you vote for? If they ask you if you went to vote, they'll tell you it's none of your business. And they're right, it's none of your business. Uh, We have a secret ballot for a reason, because many people would go to a polling place and be harassed and hurt and uh, injured in different ways based on who they said they were going to vote for or not vote for, and if they were heard voting for the wrong person, and they were bribed to vote for certain other people. So, we were like, hey, Australia, good idea. Let's take that. And also, let's build some, um, some little boxes around people so that nobody can see who they're voting for or interrupt them or influence them unduly. Uh, let's just make it all private ballot.
1: Yeah. It's crazy when you think about it because we hold that kind of near and dear to go behind a curtain or a partition and not let anybody know how we voted. But in the 1940s, Delaware... And South Carolina, they were still using different ballots, so you could say, "Hey, that dude's a Democrat," or "Hey, that guy, he's a Republican," and you would be able to look across the room and see exactly what was going on.
0: It's funny because uh, at my polling place, they have you know they have I think they're volunteers who work. They may be paid, but probably not much. And when you go up and tell them, uh, you know what what party you are they tell the person who's actually running the machine, they put a different, uh, especially for the primaries, they put a different ballot in, essentially. And they'll just shout out across the room which party you are and which one you're voting for. And I'm like, that doesn't bother me, but I can guarantee that would bother many people to just shout out the name of a party and then everybody around knows what you're registered as. I don't have a problem just telling people how I'm registered or what I'm voting. That's fine with me, but it's a little disconcerting.
1: Yeah, it is. Thankfully in my state, it's kind of between you and the clerk. It's like, right. hey, here, I'm a yeah. <laughs> and, and then you go and do your thing and submit your paper and feed it through a machine and bam, there it is.
0: Oh man, the different kinds of voting machines would be a such a crazy topic and how you know, all the errors with them and man. So yeah. much stuff there.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I haven't heard too much of the phrase hanging chads recently. And I think Uh those machines are out, Yeah, (laughs) but weren't we hearing that a lot just well 16 years ago?
0: Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with the hanging chad, that's when people would uh, try to vote for someone by taking a pen and jabbing it through a piece of paper. And sometimes they wouldn't go the whole way through the piece of paper because multiple reasons. And then in elections where they had to do recounts, they were like, well, is this, Actually, a vote for someone. This is a hanging chad. They called those little pieces of paper chads, and it became a whole thing. Look up hanging chad. That'll be a better explanation of what I'm going to do of it. But uh, that was a buzzword for all you youngins out there.
1: Yeah. Man, it's crazy that people would not know what that is. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ben, let's talk just a little bit, because this is fun, and I feel like we're going a little bit long today, but that's all right. It's election day, and we're election college, and this is like... The biggest day of the year for us.
0: There could be people waiting in line right now at the vote who are listening. That's pretty cool to me.
1: That's pretty crazy. Hey, if you were in Adams County, Ohio in the early 1900s, chances are somebody paid you <laughs> to go vote. And ladies and gentlemen, Adams County, Ohio is dry at this point. I'm not sure if it still is, but if there is a dry county in Ohio, believe me, Adams County I am not dissing you at all. It's it's just not... Those people don't live there. But <laughs> guess what? Those people lived there for decades. Back at the turn of the century and with the turn of the 1800s into the 1900s, it was just a regular thing that people would pay you. And... There was this guy named Judge Blair, and he was at different times, both chairman of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. So he was pretty influential. He's like, you know what? I've been bought off pretty much before, and uh, so have you. And I now regret that. I think that's wrong. And people are like, wait. Wait what's wrong with that? People paying me to vote for a particular candidate? And he's like, yeah, it's wrong. So the good judge, he realizes that, oh, this is wrong. You should not have people buying you off. And he puts a notice in the newspaper. He says, hey, people, confess that you have done this and you're going to avoid jail. Because We're going to find out who you are anyway, so you might as well come forward. It's a good parenting tactic, by the (laughs) way. Yeah. So people come by the hundreds, and they're like, yeah, we'll just pay the small fine, and we get to keep our pride money. (laughs) It's good, right? Yeah. Well, as many as 180 indictments were brought in a single day, and the final number was 1,000 people. Like, at least a thousand people in this one county that today if you go there you're gonna think salt of the earth right these are good people, these are my people, this is this is a place where I'd wanna live. And over a thousand people were indicted for selling their votes.
0: And you know what? Until this uh this podcast episode research whatever. I mean I've heard of people selling their votes or um, being trading liquor for their votes or something, I've never heard about anything on this kind of a scale before. That was like <laughs> a thousand people in one county. There are some counties that don't even have a thousand people that are voting, let alone the thousand that were indicted. Uh, man, that's just outrageous. So you can imagine that it could have turned the tide of many elections, uh, and probably may
1: still somewhere. Who knows? There's more than one kind of voter fraud. Yeah. Hey, get this, Ben. In 2010, and we have a lot of listeners in West Virginia. Hey, Mountaineers.
0: 2010 is too recent. There can't be anything.
1: It's it's impossible. It's too yeah. recent. Oh. Well, not if you're in Lincoln County, West Virginia. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so the sheriff, Jerry Bowman, he comes up to your house. He says, hey, you. You're going to vote for this person, and it's me in the primary. Uh, Let me see your absentee ballot. Um, I, I, I want to help you with this. So he comes into your house, and you're like, hey, this is the sheriff. He's in my house. He's got my ballot. What are you going to do? Well, what ends up happening is he's trailing in the polls on election day. And when the absentee ballots were counted, he pulls ahead and wins. But guess what? A hundred of the ballots, of those absentee ballots, have the same handwriting.
0: Mm. Oops. So yeah, he's guilty. And he pleads guilty. And of course he's convicted. Back in 2011, in Arkansas, there's this guy, Representative Hallam, and... He pretty much says, well, he does say, we need to buy people a couple of cases of some cheap vodka and whiskey to get people to vote. And so he's (laughs) literally taking and exchanging alcohol in in exchange for someone to come out and vote. And they also gave away money and they gave away food and they gave away probably other stuff too. And so that was a bad thing. But then to top that off, just in case that wasn't bad enough, they... Took some absentee ballots, they unsealed them, they destroyed the ones that were in favor of his opponent, and then his opponent loses by eight votes. And he's like, Yeah, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. So,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> so, what? <laughs> yeah. That's
0: all I could really say.
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure if he ended up going to jail or not, but. He should have. They should have. Yeah, so there you have it. I mean, voter fraud, it does happen. Hopefully they do get caught in time, but who knows? Right, yeah. Yeah, like I said, there's more than one kind
0: of voter fraud, and it happens on both sides. So, you know, that that definitely is not good on either, either party side. And there are people with plenty of good intentions who do it, and it's never good. But we think it would be awesome if you were to commit some voter fraud and fill out our survey. (laughs) I don't know why I said (laughs) voter fraud. We don't think that would be a good idea in any sense of the word, but we think it would be great if you fill out the survey. You heard about it at the beginning of the episode. Today is election day. Today is the day you vote. Today is the day you fill out the survey for election college. Today's the last day. So if you're listening to this afterwards, you can still send us your thoughts, but it won't count in the survey.
1: Yeah. We don't want to hear you complaining Why didn't they do that on the podcast? Because you didn't speak up when you had the chance. That's right. Not that we won't listen to you later, but that's beside the point because we are still in this era where you have the opportunity to let your voice be heard. Hey, Ben, a couple of people this past week gave us reviews, which had me dancing like a freak down the street.
0: Yeah, and we don't do nearly a good enough job. Did you say a freak down the street? I don't. Okay. Yeah, we don't do we don't do a good enough job of recognizing everyone who gives us reviews. But we decided this week we were going to change that. So Lamont. M says, great, five stars, just found the podcast a few weeks ago, awesome, and trying to get caught up by listening to all of them on 1.5 speed, informative and funny, can't wait to hear all of them keep up the great work. So Lamont, you're one of those people who might not even know about the survey until a year from now, but thanks anyway for listening.
1: Yeah, and just to prove the point that sometimes our humor is a little weird, maybe 19 said a little bit of everything. This podcast is quickly becoming one of my favorites. While they always talk about American history and hit the big points we all learn in school, they also talk about the less popular topics in a fascinating way. They also throw some great interviews in there, too, which makes it more fun. Their sense of humor might seem a little quirky at first. That's totally cool. We're it's, it's good fine. with that. We're pretty quirky. The more you listen, the more you feel like you're talking with friends. We really appreciate that. Oh. Thank you guys for all the work you do. Yeah, tons of work. Don't forget it. Hey, we'd love to interact with you on one or all of our social media sites. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us at Election College.
0: And just in case you haven't yet gotten the point, we want you to go vote today. So if it is election day while you're listening to this,
1: the day it is released, get out and vote. And for those of you who have been dying... For a conclusion to the chronological trip that we made through history, we will have the history of the 2016 election on Thursday.
0: Provided we can. (laughs) Something (laughs) crazy doesn't happen.
1: (laughs) No hanging chads this year.
0: That's right. We'll talk to you Thursday.